Welcome to the High Life Podcast. I'm Meredith Wadsworth, and I'm here to help you on your journey towards honoring yourself every day. This is a journey of self-healing and self-discovery. Becoming aware of our subconscious root story, owning who we are, and shifting perspective, we begin to awaken to our higher selves, and with that, live a more intuitive, intentional, and fulfilling life. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. It is a beautiful, sunny day here in Boston. I'm recording from my apartment and listening to the birds chirp outside my window. It is definitely springtime, and this is my favorite time to be in Boston, both the transition seasons, actually, spring and fall. Um, They have the best weather. It's constantly between 60 degrees and upper 70s, and the sun is out, and the flowers are blooming or in autumn, of course, we have all the leaves changing and it just makes the peak of winter worth it. (laughs) And also it gets pretty hot here during summer. So if you are someone who likes all four seasons and experiencing all climates, New England is absolutely the place for you because you will get a little dose of everything. But I'm very excited for this shift in seasons. My body definitely needs it. I've been craving just getting more of that vitamin D, you know, my skin, I can feel just loves getting that sunlight exposure. I've been trying to be more intentional about getting sun exposure on my face first thing in the morning. And I know a lot of people are probably like, oh my God, you know, wear sunscreen and all that. And yes, of course I wear sunscreen when I'm going out during the day and I'm outside for for long periods of time. But you also want to be cautious to not be overly protective of your skin in the sense that we absorb most of our vitamin D from the sun. And yeah, you can supplement. And in most cases, especially if you do live in colder climates, like you will want to do that. But if you can get exposed to the sun for just 15 minutes a day without sunscreen, like you're not going to get skin damage from that. Um, I mean, unless you're like really in the, you know, like close to the equator where the sun is incredibly powerful. Um, But I'm talking about like waking up in the morning and then going to the window where the sunlight is coming in and just basking in that soft sunlight. It's really good for your hormones too. It's very calming. It's very grounding. It's very natural for our bodies to do that. You know, it's like how the animals do. You know, they wake up with the sun. So if you can wake up and first thing, try to expose yourself to natural daylight as opposed to, you know, your phone screen or your computer screen or the TV or something like that, then that's really good for your just overall hormones, for cortisol, for melatonin, all of these things that regulate our circadian rhythms. And so that's been a very intentional thing that I've been doing. Um, And I'm lucky enough to have so much natural, beautiful sunlight in my little apartment here. And it casts so beautifully over the couch when I wake up in the morning. And so I'll drink my, I'll drink my lemon water with, with honey Um, or a coffee and do some journaling or some reading while sitting in the rays of the natural sunlight coming through. And it's just so grounding and it feels so nice. I don't typically have like a really structured morning routine. I'm not one of those people who has to do the exact same thing every single morning, but I generally do like to give myself the rule of not looking at my phone for the first hour that I'm awake And I will use it as my alarm when I wake up, but my phone is still on silent do not disturb mode. So even when I like 
when I turn the timer off, it's still I still can't see like the messages and stuff that I've gotten overnight or anything um, until at least 9 a.m. And so then I'll go and, you know, wash my face, brush my teeth, do all that kind of thing. And I'll turn um, turn my kettle on to heat up some water to make my lemon water and add honey to that. And um, and then that's typically when I do like to sit down and do some reading or gratitude journaling um, or some light stretching and stuff like that before I have breakfast. So um, that's that's all been sort of my – what keeps me um, feeling good in the morning and set up for my day. And um, also another shift that I've been making for my hormones um, – well, it's not just – it's for my overall well-being. But I say it in reference to my hormones because my hormones being off was a big part of my healing journey and and recovering my periods. But also just in general, um, healing my metabolism because that that is basically what, what happens when you go through long periods of time of yo-yo dieting or of, of restriction – um, either under eating or over exercising or a combination of the two, whether intentionally or unintentionally, um, it throws off your metabolism. And for me, I had gotten really into the habit of working out um, on an empty stomach or just eating my breakfast really late in the day. Like I wasn't eating breakfast until, I don't know, sometimes like 11 or 12 even. Because I would wake up and I loved the feeling of doing yoga or a workout on an empty stomach because you feel light. But every single time, you know, even if my workout was like 20 minutes or or an hour, especially afterwards, I would feel my body shaking. And I used to thrive off that feeling. I was like, I used to think that was like just so much natural energy pumping through my body. And, and you know, you feel kind of like a high off that. And that's really like your body just like screaming for for energy for 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 calories for food for um, for fuel and it's cortisol it's cortisol pumping through your veins which sure you can see and you can you can interpret that to be natural energy in some way but it's not healthy for your body so um, and it's really detrimental for your hormones particularly as women it's different men are different so if you hear science talking about working out on a fasted stomach um, being beneficial for you, like more than likely those, those studies have been done on men. So you have to always take that with a grain of salt. It is really, it's really, um, consequential for women to be constantly working out on, on an empty stomach, to be fasting for long periods of time. So, um, but it was hard, it's hard. You have to, you have to put an effort to, to break that habit, especially because if you've been undernourishing for long periods of time, then your appetite will shrink to match the amount of food that's incoming, and that's a survival mechanism. So your hunger cues will shrink as well. You know, it won't take as much for you to be hungry. You won't be hungry as often. You also will adapt to what it, what what level of hunger, um, what your hunger level indicates to you. So if you have gotten used to the point of waiting until you're actually, like, famished to eat something, you're going to interpret that as hunger as opposed to just, like, the inkling that you want something to eat, but you will have trained yourself to think, oh, no, that's not real hunger. I'm not allowed to eat yet. So instead, you have to rework your hunger cues. You have to reset your appetite and and the timing of your food and basically like re-regulating your system. And so I've been really intentionally waking up and making sure that I'm eating within – ideally, ideal is within the first half an hour of waking up, and I'm working towards that. 
I'm still, I'm not trying to force it because sometimes if I wake up and try to eat too early, then I feel nauseous. So, um, but definitely within the first hour of being awake and also for sure not working out, not even doing yoga on an empty stomach, um, making sure that I'm getting in a balanced breakfast with carbs, healthy fats, a bit of protein and having that within the first hour of waking up. And then after digesting a bit, I'll do some movement and that I can feel I can feel it in my workouts and like that makes sense <laughs> because I have more energy to sustain myself and I feel stronger. I don't feel shaky and um, so that, that that's sort of common sense. But um, I also feel – I notice that I'm feeling more clear-headed later on in the day. Um, you know, my hunger isn't so extreme at night. I used to – I used to – it was like a vicious cycle because I wouldn't really eat for the morning, I would wait until I was like, it was like noon to eat um, breakfast because that's just when my hunger would finally kick in. And I, you know, would spend all morning, you know, going about getting ready for my day and doing my workout and stuff. And then I was like, okay, now, you know, now it's time to eat at, at noon. Um, but because I did that, I would have a really big breakfast and then I would like only eat like little snackies throughout the day, like hardly have a real lunch. And then I'd be really hungry at dinner. So I'd have a big dinner and then I would feel like really tired and needing to digest all of that, which would lead into the morning and I still wouldn't be hungry because I'd be full from my dinner last night. So then I would still, you know, work out on empty stomach and then eat again at noon. So it was just, you see how it kept, it kept going and going and going. And I hear this so often whenever I talk about this to other friends who have, you know, gone through similar experiences or, um, or clients, they're like, yes, yes, I completely get it. Like this is, this is a very common thing. Um, so if you recognize this in your own habits, just check in with yourself and, and know that this is probably not a beneficial habit for your hormones. So really make sure that you are eating regularly throughout the day, um, and that you're not working on an empty stomach. If you're having coffee in the morning too, make sure that you're not having coffee on an empty stomach. Make sure that you're having coffee after you've eaten something. It's okay if that once in a while, you know, that happens, but you don't want to make a habit of drinking coffee on an empty stomach. And, um, and, and yeah, spacing out your meals evenly throughout, throughout the day. Those are all going to be really helpful for your hormones. So, um, my intention was not really to record a podcast all about that, but I think, um, I, I do think that that's, that's maybe helpful for some of you. Um, I've gotten, you know, questions about that kind of thing before and how much that impacts, um, your recovery and, and your hormones and stuff. So even if you don't have HA, even if you have your periods, um, this is still important to know because it could contribute to irregularity. It could contribute to PMS, um, infertility, all of these things. So really important. Your hormones um, are are super vital to your health in general. So you always want to make sure that you are looking after those. Okay. So what I really wanted to talk about on today's episode is this idea that – Quantity versus quality in putting your work out into the world. And you can be – it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you're a coach. It doesn't matter if you're an artist. It doesn't matter if you're a musician. It doesn't matter if you're it, – it just really doesn't matter <laughs> whatever it is that you do. If you are someone like me who is uh, – ten, who tends to lean towards perfectionism, then you're not going to be someone who wants to live by, at least initially, the saying, 
quality over quantity because that's just going to reinforce our beliefs that we need things to be perfect before we put them out into the world. But that's only ever going to hold us back and keep us stuck in old patterns and get in our own way. And what's more important is that we just get in the behavior, we get in the habit of of allowing things to be imperfect and still putting them out into the world. And you can feel comforted a little bit by your perfectionism and trust that even if you put something out into the world that isn't perfect, it's still going to be pretty damn good. You know, I don't think you can ever fear that putting out something into the world that isn't perfect is going to be like absolute crap because it's not. <laughs> because if you are a perfectionist, then like by definition, you have the tendency to be really detail-oriented and to put a lot of effort into things. And But then our perfectionism steps in and if even despite putting in hours of effort and really meticulously doing something um, with with every intention of doing it, you know, as best of, to the best of your abilities. If you still have doubts about it, if you feel like it's not perfect, then you're you're just going to scrap it and not put it out. But it's going to be really quality. It's really going to be really quality work, and someone is going to appreciate it. And someone else, the majority of people, are not going to nitpick over it like you will. So when we say for perfectionists, for those breaking up with perfectionist beliefs and tendencies and behaviors and habits, we want to we want to stress quantity over quality. With the little asterisk that even what pe- even what we produce in in quantity over quality is still going to be of high quality. If that makes sense. <laughs> so instead of believing, oh I want to create, you know, very few things and have them be really high quality, because that's just going to keep you blocked, keep you getting in your own way. You're never going to really just put your work out. You know, you're never going to get the practice in enough to even improve. If you only ever wait for something to be perfect the first time before you even put it out, then you've waited too long. You know, it's kind of like, I forget who the original sayer of the quote is. I don't know if it's like Mark Zuckerberg or someone. Um who uh, is a big-time entrepreneur. But they say, you know, if you if you wait to launch until it's perfect, you've launched too late. And the whole point is to learn from the first version, from the second version, and iterate. And to make observations and take lessons from your work rather than putting the pressure on it to be very perfect very perfect, to be perfect from the very first time. So emphasizing quantity over quality means showing up often, showing up regularly, creating often and regularly, however you want to look at it, and putting it out into the world, just doing the thing on a routine, in a routine way, creating a habit out of it, and not putting so much pressure on it Taking the pressure off, letting it be fun, letting it flow, letting it just be easy as opposed to making it so difficult for yourself that you're not going to even want to show up very often to do it. And then when you do, you're going to want it to be so perfect. And then when it's not, you're going to be discouraged and then you're not going to want to do it again for a long time until you've built up the energy stores to you know, show up and do the thing. 
That's just exhausting thinking about it. <laughs> you can hear my hear me my exasperation. Instead, just take the pressure off. Let it be easy. Let it be fun. Let it be flowy. Don't make it be the end all be all. And just allow allow yourself to you know whatever it is to show up on stories more often to to paint more often to paint things that you don't necessarily like but just let the creativity flow out of you and you're bound to create something that you do like eventually you know you can't learn unless you try so just try different things experiment see how it goes and and then take and then take some takeaways from that and then let that carry over into the next work that you produce. And over time, you'll see yourself improve. You'll have more fun with it. You know, for me personally, an example is is even with podcasting. You know, this it's always a work in progress for me. I've been podcasting for over two years now. So you would think that I would like have it down pat, but I really don't. And every time that I show up to record a podcast, I get a little bit of anxiety. I get a little bit of what if this isn't a good episode? What if this is, you know, really shitty? What if I fumble over my words? What if, you know, I don't say it the right way? What if it doesn't come out? You know, what if I go off on a tangent? And all of these things I do in pretty much all of my recordings. <laughs> but I've learned to let it go. I've learned to not put so much pressure on myself and not need things to be perfect. And in doing that, I've also gotten the feedback that people are enjoying it more because I'm just being my authentic self. I'm not trying to be perfect and it makes me more relatable. It makes my content more relatable. It resonates with you more. It's more fun for me. I think it's probably more fun for you to listen to too. I don't know to hear me mess up, to hear that other people are human. And so when I don't put so much pressure on it, it's more fun. I want to show up and do it more than when in my head I need something to be absolutely perfect and then you know, and I still I still get this way. Like the the episode I recorded before this one, it's funny. I it was a 30-minute episode and I was trying for literally like two and a half, three hours to record this thing because every time I would start to record it, I just I was so in my head. I was just in my head around other things, I think, and it was just bleeding over into into me trying to record the podcast. And I was just like, no, that was like, I didn't like how it started. I didn't like how it was coming out of my mouth. I didn't like how I was phrasing it. You know, I felt like the message was off and, and I was just like, oh, like, you know, this is so frustrating, but I powered through. Um, I could feel myself wanting to just like put it down and walk away. But I knew that if I did that, like I, I didn't want to leave it in that mindset because I knew that I wouldn't want to come back to that, you know? So I was like, no, I'm going to push through. I'm going to get this to a place where I think it's decent, where it's good enough, and I can just let it be. And then if I really don't like it tomorrow, then I don't have to publish it. But I'm going to give myself that space away. And so after like two hours of trying to record it, eventually I got it recorded and didn't listen back to it, just kind of let it be. And then in the next morning, I listened back to it to try to, to write some show notes and I was like, this is actually a pretty great episode. <laughs> I actually really like it. And I got a lot of really great feedback on it too. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and check it out. And it's about perfectionism. So literally, you know, the irony is not lost on me. And so sometimes, often we are our own harshest critic. So just remember that. And know that 
you will struggle with this at first, this idea of quantity over quality, because it's totally against your nature. But that's that's the whole point. That's good. We want to push that. We want to stretch that comfort zone. We want to get you out of the habit of only trying to produce things at like the top 100% of your game because your game is so much bigger than that, just 100%. Especially if you're someone who is a perfectionist, like I was saying at the beginning, you put a lot of effort into every single thing that you do and you don't need to put in 100% effort for your work to be of value. You, you have so much value to give, even at like 70, 60% of your effort. But if you don't even let that work see the light of day, then think about all the people that you are depriving of your work, of valuing your work, of getting something out of your work, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is. It matters to them, but it doesn't matter in the context of this, of this topic. So take that with you this week. And notice, go about your week and notice the time, the the projects that you do, the work that you do, where you feel like you need something to be quality over quantity. And just try to flip that. Let it be an experiment. Do it for maybe a week, two weeks, and just notice the difference. The other thing that you can do is commit to a period of time in which you will apply this rule, quantity over quality, and say you're going to do it for a month. And decide that only once that month is up will you decide whether or not you will continue this this path or you will change, but not before. Because if you don't give yourself that length of time, then it's very likely that you will start showing up doing quantity over quality and your your old habits, your old beliefs are going to come up, get in the way, and they're going to say, no, this is shit. This is bad. You know, I can't be doing this. I can't put out work like this. I need to really make sure it's top notch and um, it's not working. You know, I'm not getting a, I'm not getting a good response to it. And like all of these little voices are going to come up in your head telling you to go back. This is not safe. This is dangerous. Go back to your comfort zone. But you want to beat that. You want to not listen to that voice. And so if you set the, the boundary for yourself that I'm going to give myself a month of experimenting with this and I can't decide until the month is up whether or not I will continue. It gives it gives yourself time to actually see the effects rather than just trying to pivot, pivot, pivot and retreat back to your comfort zone the minute that something feels intimidating or scary or uncomfortable. So I will leave you with that. I hope this episode has been helpful. If it was, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with a friend, leave a review, subscribe to the podcast, and help get it in more ears. Also, if you are ready to dig deeper into your own self-healing, shifting your own beliefs, shifting your habits, and learning to live more in line with your authentic self, then I invite you to work with me one-on-one. You can work with me for 12 weeks in my Shift Yourself program, or I also offer 90-minute root awakening clarity sessions for those who just need a boost, breaking through some blocks that they are experiencing in the short term. You can find further information and details on how that all works by heading to my website, feelthehigh.com or meredithwadsworth.com. The link is in the show notes. It's also in my Instagram bio if you want to head there as well. 
As always, honor yourselves today and always, wherever you are, be there fully, and I will talk to you on the next episode.